Hello, my name is Caitlin and I'm the founder of The Sexy Love Project, which is all about helping you feel more alive in your body, bedroom and life. Today I'm talking with Tash Bloomer, who's also known as Daisy. And Daisy studies sex physiology and anatomy and has been researching self-image when it comes to genitals, looking at, well, thinking about vulvas in particular and looking at labioplasty as well. So I invited her to chat with me about that, with us about that, to talk about how the way we think about our genitals, particularly the vulva, how that can affect our pleasure, our confidence, our sexual health and relationships. And in my chats with uh, Daisy before, um, she's also been exploring the science behind how our awareness during sex affects anxiety, confidence, pleasure, all those things. And so I wanted to chat with her about that as well. So we can get some tips, we can get some knowledge and information to help how we feel and bed how we feel about our own genitals and bodies. So thank you so much, Daisy, no for being here. Thanks for having me. Cool. So Daisy, tell us about what you do and what you've been doing recently. You've had some really interesting research projects. So I have just finished my science degree at Melbourne University. Mm-hmm. I did my anatomy degree hoping to go down the physio slash Melbourne path and did all of the muscles of the body, how the muscles work and properly hated it. It's amazing about how the body stands up. But as soon as we did um, anatomically the viscera, that's I came to the What's reproduction. the viscera? The viscera is um, what we know as the guts. Oh. Thought, oh, my God, the stomach is not going to be great to study for a whole semester. And I just forgot that all of the reproductive viscera, a.k.a. all of your sex organs, mm. are a part of your guts. And I came to that realization at the very end of my degree. I took both the experimental and the theoretical subject of reproductive physiology and I suddenly saw my worlds collide about all of the sex that I'd been talking about forever and all of the science that I knew that I loved from the start and I finally found the nerves that innovate the vulva, you know, what is a vagina, what is the uterus, where is it, where does it sit in your body, why does it feel good, you know, when someone puts your hand on your lower body. And um, Mm. I've now come to that. I've just done a research project. And what is that? So I've just done a research project investigating the most effective tool measuring how women see their vulvas. And female genital self-image has got huge implications and it's been particularly looked into recently as there's this female cosmetic surgery known as labioplasty. So tracking back for a sec, what is a vulva? Oh, um, so a vulva is somewhat extinct these days, is that your external genitalia, which is your mons pubis, so just on top of in between your legs, mm-hmm. your clitoris, your labia minora, majora, your vestibule and the vaginal opening is known as your vulva. So it's quite a few terms, anatomical terms, lumped into one called the vulva, whereas the vagina is an internal organ that has an external orifice and leads 
into the uterus and it is an internal organ and people need to know the difference between a vulva and a vagina. Right. So the vulva is kind of the external part mm-hmm. of your female genital. Think of it like the foreplay bits. Yeah, right. Okay. And then the vagina is the insidey bits. Mm-hmm. The internal bits. So that either takes the penis, takes the fingers or the delivers the bubba, takes the, the toys, babies. takes the everything, but yeah. it is inside your body. You can't get your vagina waxed. Right. So why is it important to get the terminology right? Women, because there is a few theories about why women don't actually understand their sexual anatomy. And this is where sociology meets um, anatomical science. And in my research, I got so sidetracked with the sociology and the psychology of this is that a man's penis is a man's penis. Whereas you know, when they go to the loo, when they've been born, is that it's the phallus, which is the penis, is outside the body, whereas women's genitalia is inside the body and quite difficult to access in comparison. And therefore women don't actually know the difference between a, quite a few women don't know the difference between a vulva and a vagina. And it's instilling this shame that our, you know, we as women don't actually know our bodies as well as men do, which is not true, is that we need to reduce the shame aspect of it. And I think from a science point of view, that starts with getting our terminology right. Mm. So if we want to talk about our pussies, let's combine it and say vulva and vagina combined. It's two powerful parts of our body, our reproductive organs. But let's just distinguish between a vulva and a vagina. Yeah. And I guess like what I notice as well is the first time that people discover a clitoris, like to discover your own clitoris or to discover your partner's clitoris, it's, it's pretty huge moment Mm -hmm. because it's a, for a lot of people, a significant part of how they experience pleasure, Mm -hmm. but being able to name it and see it and know it, that is part of you being able to interact with it in the way that it wants to be interacted with how that person wants you to interact with it. And I just kind of feel like having, allowing, knowing that your genitals, there's like the the inside, which is the vagina and the outside, which is the vulva, giving it the name that it has and actually knowing it and giving, uh, referring to it with that name to me is really respectful for mm-hmm. one, but also I think helps in you having, having the language to describe what's going on there. And um, yeah. And then being, knowing how to interact with it as well. It's just, it's just sort of, sort of it's symbolic, I mm-hmm. think, but it's part of the process of, honouring yourself and experiencing your genitals the way that you want to. And from an, a lot of people have, particularly a lot of women, have a lot of very negative connotations with their genitals. Example, stop being a pussy, you know, all of those, you know, like very negative, you can call it playground language per se, is that I think personally, psychologically, that's having quite an impact on us. And we all know that we have five fingers on our hands, but do we actually know what a vestibule is? Do we know what's the difference between a clitoris and a labia minora? I remember saying to one of my housemates, holy shit, my clitoris is uneven, when really I was talking about my labia minora, but I didn't, I just didn't know that. And mm. coming so, yeah, acro- exactly. Wow. coming across the anatomical terminology of it and then being with my beautiful partner and saying, you know, do you know the difference between... Do you know if I was to say my labia minora, do you know 
you know, what part of my body that is. Do I know what that is? Do I know what it feels like? Have I explored that area? Have you explored that area? I think it's really empowering, just like we know our biceps, just like we know, you know, people tend to know that your gluteus maximus is your bum. And um, I just think, you know, pussies is such a scary sort of thing that you got to like explore the crevice. Let's not call it a snatch hole. Let's just explore it, know it terminologically and then use it. Yeah, exactly. So tell us more about, yeah, self-image when it comes to genitals. And you were saying a lot of women don't have much of a positive self-image when it comes to what's between their legs. So my... And also, sorry, I'll also just say disclaimer that when we say women and pussies, we're not necessarily saying that all women have pussies and that if you have a pussy, you're a woman, knowing, of course, that those two aren't always the same. So just a little disclaimer there. And we may, as cultural humans that living now in 2016, doing our best, but we may slip. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And yeah, and just to agree with Katie is that this is talking about genetic females. Mm. And, um, you know, from a science point of view is that during development, there is, you know, intersex is an anatomical thing where you can have half a uterus, Etc. So this is all inclusive, and mm, if you have these cool. organs, this applies to you. Or if you are interacting with these organs, this is still, still relevant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so my research, um, I found my absolute boss women supervisors. One of head of teaching anatomy, and the other one of head of research, both in Melbourne University, Meredith Temple Smith and Jenny Hayes, who are two phenomenal women. I came to them when I said to them. I run out of reproductive physiology subjects. I don't want to do pharmacology. Do you have anything sex-wise, um, genital-wise to offer me? And they went, oh, yeah, you know, actually I do, is that Amazing. they had a master's I student who is looking into what is normal, inverted comments, commas, um, what is normal vulval anatomy in women? And the answer is, is that it just hasn't really formally been measured is that we feel like we know generally the size of a penis but what is the the normal size of a labia minora Mm. Um, and we have had a really hard time trying to pick the way that we are going to ask women in a study group for his master's thesis about how do you feel about your vulva what do you what emotions do you experience when you think about your external genitalia and we've had a really hard time finding if there's any tools, if there's a questionnaire, if there's anything that we can use. So we want you to do that, is that we want you to find all the tools that are currently out there to measure the way that women feel about their own vulvas. Mm. So in order to do that, I needed to understand like, God, why am I doing this? And it's been, I found out through my prior research is that women that feel bad about their pussies, about their vulvas, are more likely to, um, are less likely to enjoy sex, are more likely to shy away from oral sex and, you know, coming, orgasming, finishing during oral sex in relation to a partner staring at your genitals is something Mm. that women that feel negatively about their vulvas don't consider themselves able to do. Um, So this has got a very psychological sex therapy aspect to it, but the medical world was really interested about it as well because women that have a low genital self-image are less likely to seek gynecological examination. 
Mm. Gynecological examination, meaning those tests that all women that probably above the age of 18 that have been sexually active are getting their uteruses, are getting their vaginal canals checked, which is known as a pap smear. And women that, that feel so bad about their vulvas not only feel bad with sexual partners, but feel so ashamed in front of um, medical practitioners as well. And that is, personally, I think that's heartbreaking to feel that you can't be widespread in front of your partner, let alone widespread for your sexual health from Mm. an anatomical, gynecological aspect. Yeah. So as you know, but listeners, you may not. So I've had really, really intense body image issues and anxiety and depression just to, you know, throw it in there. And working actually, so, and getting into Tantra as a way to kind of help work through some of those body image issues because, you know, your like your body is just so important when you're making love with whoever, whether it's yourself or a partner. It's so, it's like the tool that you're using to do that. And so to have body image issues at that moment where you're connecting either with yourself or someone else, you just, you know, a million miles away, you're not really there. And therefore when you're not really in your body, you can't really experience the pleasure. You can't really, your idea of creativity or, um, you know, sexual playfulness is just absent completely. So, um, uh, working through that through Tantra has been really important for me, but I, yeah, I, I really appreciate the, particularly thinking about um, body image confidence about genitals as well. Cause like, so I had, you know, body image issues, just the whole body, but particularly for that area, which is also a very important part often in making love. And so having, yeah, that kind of relationship to that part of the body where you feel excited by it or proud of it or like, yeah, I want to get that out. Um, or just in love with it or like really honoring and respectful. Like that is so different to how, I mean, I felt that way about my whole body where it was more like shameful and disgust and afraid of what people might say and how you then work with your body or your genitals is so different. Mm -hmm. So tell us more about what you've discovered there or what what are some of the, um, I don't know, how, how is that expressed for women when they don't or for people with vulvas? When they, when they feel great about their vulva and when they don't, what, what happens? So as I just said, it's got a very sexual um, sexual pathway of, you know, positive pathway to it. But then it's got um, a body image when they're all, they're all interplaying, but it's either the reason that people have an issue with their bodies and now the way that technology has worked is that now there are a whole lot of cosmetic surgeries that can fix people's Mm. insecurities. And this is a lot of where my research is hopefully going to be used in the future is women that feel very terrible or feel very lower than most about their vulvas now have the option of seeking surgery, which is known as labiaplasty. So labiaplasty anatomically is the surgical reduction of the inner the inner lips, which is known as the labia minora. And women seek this um, cosmetic surgery either for aesthetics or for dysfunction. And the way that women define their problem is a really interesting point of research about 
either I don't like the way that my pussy looks or I don't like the way that my pussy feels. So from a functional point of view is there are a few aspects of this is that some women have a far more protruding inner lip and, um, you know, inner, let's call the labia minora. Mm -hmm. And therefore women that like a cycling or a walking is that a protruding labia minora may actually rub up against one another. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you've ever worn pants that are a little bit too high-waisted, but it really hurts. Mm. And my labia aren't that protruding, but um, is that experience chafing and experiencing pain either whilst exercising or whilst having sexual intercourse, may that be digital or penile, is... Digital meaning fingers. Meaning fingers, yes. Um, Nobody wants to feel pain whilst you're trying to feel pleasure or experiencing pleasure with your partner or by yourself. Yeah, when it's not intentional pain, it's... Absolutely, yeah, no deal. And um, so women have come to surgeons, have come to GPs and said, I'm having a really hard time. I chafe every time I ride a bike. I can't enjoy sex with my partner nor myself because it hurts too much. And then that is when, apparently in the research that's out right now, that is when labiaplasty has been endorsed by health schemes. When it's not endorsed is when women come to a GP, come to a plastic surgeon and say, somebody made a comment about my pussy and said, either you smell like fish, you've got, you know, beef curtains, any of those very irrelevant, very derogatory sort of comments I want to feel confident again. This is about my psychological well-being. Can you fix it for me? And labiaplasty is a very multidisciplinary area that we need to be aware that it's medical for gyne- you know, for pap smears, etc. Yeah. It's psychological for body image and it's sociological about why women's pussies feel like they need to be all the same. And um, this research that I've looked at about identifying the most what I think is the most effective tool in measuring the all the areas that women can feel about their vulvas hopefully will help people that are looking into labiaplasty change something about the way that women feel that their pussies need to look the same. Yeah, wow. Um, it's just reminding me of the vulva knitting circle. Have you heard of them? No. It's a group in New York who um, responding to this, to this idea that all vulvas need to look the same. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can tell us why, why we, we tend to sociologically think they need to be the same. But I'm assuming it's from a lot of the media that we see on vulvas. And because we don't see each other's vulvas very much unless it's just, you know, the romantic partner but anyway um so the vulva knitting circle in new york it's a knitting club and they um create knitted vulvas oh my god that's the best i've got one in my room actually you don't. yeah I, I just made my own you can knit i'm gonna knit a vulva <laughs> <laughs> you should definitely knit a vulva it's winter you know yeah, it's a little um just finish a scarf yeah exactly you could even pin it onto the scarf i absolutely will i think that would really suit yeah, and it's it's beautiful. I'll put it in the show notes actually because you it's just a really gorgeous way of um, celebrating body diversity mm-hmm. and um, also it's celebrating a part of the body that's often, you know, behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. And um, fair enough, like it doesn't mean I'm not I'm not necessarily suggesting that everyone should be showing everyone their vulva. But um, yeah, it, it is it's actually I think a really beautiful part of the body and yeah, it's beautiful to see the the differences and to celebrate those. Mm-hmm. 
and they're really hilarious as well some of them like the buttons and the frills and the lace that's added and yeah oh it's God, really good I'd love a lacy velvet. <laughs> um so originally because I'm still I've just done my anatomy degree and that's just straight science and the reason why I got so involved in this project is that there were so many so many other areas are part of this exactly what we were just talking about mm. that does eventually trickle back down to science or maybe it's the other way around and I have just done my oral presentation pitched it to the supervisors and their coordinators and a few of the visuals that I had to use the very first page that I put up I just had to put a disclaimer that there would be very how to phrase it right of I just phrased it that I will be showing um, female genitalia is that I didn't want to say that there would be confronting or explicit because it is just a part of the body right. and you know what it's totally fine to be like oh I've you know look at my finger it's a little bit like skew or whatnot but totally taboo totally unacceptable to say mm. I think my right the right side of my labia minora is longer than my left and what I've learned just about chatting about this with girlfriends or with guy friends you know with anybody that's interacting with vulvas as soon as somebody opens up the story, as soon as somebody opens up the conversation, everybody has something to ask, to explain, to explore. Totally. And this exploration is incredibly limited in what you brought up and that's the media. So there was this really phenomenal study done in South Australia, Go Oz, um, about <laughs> the way that women are educated to feel about their vulvas and they, the way that they designed their study is – by showing a video, um, a video on genital censorship. So, censorship meaning what is what is considered appropriate and not appropriate in the world of soft pornography. And so, there's hardcore pornography, which is all genitals, all very very full on sexual imagery and video videography. And then soft pornography is considered the, like the roadside, you know, like in the, in the garages that it's a magazine with a piece of black paper over, always a woman over her, over her breasts and then all the way down to her body. So you've got to buy the magazine to get it. Right. Yeah. And we have to look at female gentle self-image all the way up to politics is that, this video that I sh that I'll send you mm -hmm. is we'll put it in the show notes. It discusses um, it discusses the fact that the magazine editors are not necessarily the jury's out. It depends on which side you look at. They have to abide by censorship laws, and the censorship law is that protruding external genitalia is tipping into the hardcore pornography oh my world God, and right. therefore the hardcore pornography world is unacceptable for soft porn. Oh. So it goes all the way up is that people are abiding by rules and regulations and we have to change those rules and regulations that vulvas, you know, labia minora, labia majoras will differ and if your minora is if you, you know, if your pussy is more open if you think of it that way, think of it like a rose if it's a little bit more full in bloom is that she's a little bit more out. That's considered hardcore pornography, whereas a woman with a smaller labia minora that may or may not feel great about it will um, will be put in the soft porn magazine. And looking at this video was so phenomenal and I was so wow. excited to see it in an academic paper because they, they show you about how they're digitally editing this woman's vulva and they're what you would call tucking her back in so that she looks like this perfect 
like no hair, perfectly tucked in vulva that has this very flat stomach, perfectly perpy, augmentated breasts. And um, that's the standard and that's really, they're all the vulvas that we see. And if we're going to solve this problem, we need to go back up to pornography. Is that like some more protruding pussy, some like bigger, fuller, some like shorter. Some diversity. Some diversity. So we just need to, it's a very multidisciplinary area, this one. So what do you recommend for people who have, who feel this way about vulvas, whether they have a vulva themselves or interact with vulvas, who have become accustomed to what a vulva should look like, inverted commas, and maybe don't feel comfortable with the one that they have or the one that they interact with? There are some really amazing online resources right now, one in particular called the Labia Library. Mm -hmm. And that is this really wonderful website that's put together and it's all visual visual images about um, women showing their front-on genitalia, so what their vulvas look like front-on. It's got an array of body hair, pubic hair. Wow. Um, I've seen one like that for breasts as well. Oh, and that's what we need. We just need more of it. You know, quite frankly, I've got a very bumpy nose. I need one for my nose. (laughs) (laughs) But um, this, the labia library, just shows both a front-on and then a leg spread about the different sizes of a woman's vulva. And it doesn't focus upon the labia minora because, to repeat, the labia minora is not the only part of a woman's vulva. It includes the clitoris, the mons pubis, the vestibule and the outer lips, which is the labia majora. Yeah. And um, a lot of women, you'd just be, you wouldn't be surprised, but you'd be happily, happily surprised, happily, you'd be happy to see that, oh my God, that woman has a far more protruding clitoris or like that bit of skin outside the clitoris which is known as the clitoral hood which Mm. protects the really sensitive really great part that comes out when she's feeling really alive and really alert and sexually aware is that oh my god wow she's got a far more you know she's darker than I am she Mm. and you don't see the whole bit up there is that you just see this anatomical region for the anatomical region that it is. Yeah. So definitely go to the vulva, the labia library. And I just found another website the other day called the Vulva Academy. And the Vulva Academy gives you a really good description over one sexual anatomy. It doesn't give – it has links to really great websites externally, but I think you can do it in the quiet of your home. It doesn't need to be a big song and dance. And as soon as we feel more comfortable about, you know what, my, I think my pussy is abnormal. I haven't really seen that many other vulvas before, but I'm just going to assume I'm a bit bigger, I'm a bit smaller, is that we can actually compare and look and celebrate the diversity that is involved between our legs. And I guess, yeah, going back to what you were saying about the studies for people who don't feel positively about their genitals, um, the, you know, less likely to get pap smears, less likely to enjoy the full range of what's possible in bed, less likely to orgasm. So there's really huge implications of how you feel about your vulva. And and I, I would extend that to people with penises as well, I, I suppose. We haven't been talking about that in detail tonight. But I just think, I mean, just in my experience with my own body and how much more pleasure I experience in my body as a result of liking it more mm-hmm. and actually being happy to 
to be in it rather than always resisting it and always wanting to change it and hating the idea that someone might see this role or this like hairy bit or whatever, but instead actually just being there and, and I feel lucky to say that like loving it now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's really changed all of, all of that stuff, how I look after myself, how the pleasure I experience. And I think in order to experience the pleasure, somebody, whether it's yourself or a sexual partner, needs to either stimulate and explore that area in your body. And there is nothing, personally, I find that there is nothing more liberating and bit like confidence building of being like, this is my body, this is what I am, and this is who I am. Mm. The structures of my body are anatomical structures. And yes, we can work hard to try and get a flatter stomach, but unfortunately you can't do labia push-ups. And um this is what we have and either we can – I've also had an array of body image issues and as you said, we can either spend the time resenting it and just hating it, wishing it looked like somebody else, but everybody has their backstory. The It's amazing that women now have a choice in what the way that they wish to portray themselves and that's a really phenomenal trait. I do just want to include that if women wish to seek labiaplasty, it is not a bad thing. Women should want and should feel educated about why they are yeah. surgically altering their vulvas. And if it's for any sort of dysfunction and really if it is for aesthetics, then that is okay. But no woman should feel like they need to have labiaplasty, that my pussy isn't good enough, it could look better, is that quite frankly you're in bed and it's what you do with it and it's what you give to that person, including back up to yourself knowing your genital anatomy Mm. can only speak from personal experience and the people that I've spoken through this paper with is that it just opened doors, it opens empowerment. And, um, yeah, female genital self-image isn't indulgent. Our genitals are a part of our anatomy. Absolutely. And, I mean, particularly from a tantric perspective, are an incredible part of your power and your, your full life, really. I've, I've talked to a lot of friends actually about this recently, but, and I think we, we did as well um, when we were having coffee, but how your, the way that you are sexually is a little bit like a microcosm for your whole life. So there's so many things about the dignity that you feel, the confidence that you feel, your ability to express yourself, your ability to take creative plans and explore. So the things that you do in bed are the things that you do in your whole life. So you do those things with your mother, you do those things with your boss, you know, like giving people ideas and um, exploring and expressing yourself. And yeah, being able to cultivate that in bed is an incredible practice in and and healing things there and becoming stronger in particular areas is an incredible way to experience that on the outside of your life as well with your boss and with your mum. So yeah, the way you feel about your vagina isn't, or your vulva, sorry, um, is not just how you feel about your vulva. Like that can have huge implications for how you feel about your dignity. And how you express yourself. How you yeah, express yourself totally. Yeah. I've, um, I've had some really interesting conversations with, um, with my girlfriends that identify as women and where does female genital self-image come from? Is that by definition in written in this written in my paper right now is that it's the way that women feel about their own genitalia but where do we get it from is it Mm. from externally do we give it do we take it and speaking to 
speaking to couples, speaking to women that have had bad sex. And I always ask them, you know, when do you think the bad sex started? Like during that encounter, when do you think that was? And I found that there's been an increasing trend of my beautiful friends or strangers that I've chatted to about this topic. And they say, I just wasn't, I just didn't feel like I was ready, you know, and not, it's both psychological and physiological. But the way that the body works when it comes to lubrication of the vaginal canal, of the vulva, is that when um, when we become aroused, and it is the exact same for men, is that blood rushes down to that area, being our perineal area, and blood rushes down, it makes the blood vessels expand, and that causes the erection of the penis, and it causes the erection of the clitoris. And obviously the clitoris is far smaller than the penis, but during... Um, during development as a child while we're still in our mother's womb in the uterus is that all fetuses begin female and there is a certain hormone called anti-malarian hormone that comes in to tell the body don't make um, fallopian tubes tuck them away and then it becomes a penis so a penis is actually an elongation of the clitoris and when you see something like the labia library is that you'll see that quite a few clitorises are very like a much larger than mine than the photo beside it it's all anonymous Mm. um i think those women should be very proud of the fact that they're up on such a great website Mm. but looking at the way that we feel about you know I'm feeling turned on, I'm feeling erect, I'm feeling ready. And that's the important word of feeling ready. And that is not only a psychological thing, but a physiological thing that your body, your genitals, your vulva and your vagina are ready to be received. So there's enough blood in that part, in those blood vessels surrounding your vulva, your vagina, the penis is erect if that's what you're if that's what you're using and your partner has a penis or if you're doing this digitally. And unless you're ready and unless your vulva is feeling like she's ready to be explored and stimulated, that women quite often feel like they've had a very negative experience and the body remembers that. Mm. And when it comes to stimulation and, oh, my God, I just couldn't get wet, I just wasn't into him, is that guys experience the same sort of thing of you feel any sort of pressure and you feel any sort of stress, which is your sympathetic nervous system working lubrication isn't going to happen erection isn't going to happen and I couldn't speak for everybody I would say that the vast majority of people wouldn't experience that full potential of that encounter so taking time going back to Tantra that you're so good at explaining in Sexy Love Project Mm -hmm. is that making it accessible for everybody bringing it back into your body is important from a spiritual and a psychological aspect but obviously from a physiological as well is lubrication is the fucking best <laughs> yeah it makes things nice <laughs> makes it really doable. really nice yeah yeah like sahara desert no deal yeah totally and yeah i guess that's the, the interesting thing because it was quite late into my 20s that i discovered that you the clitoris well i discovered the clitoris when i was quite young actually mm-hmm. um i think we all do and then, but then I didn't realize that there's all this erectile tissue around the clitoris as well. And it's got, you know, big nerve glands. roots, mm-hmm. the glands, that's right. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that can be stimulated as much as any part of the clitoris and can feel incredible as well. Vulvas vary. So, you, you know, you might find different 
different vulvas respond differently. But um, yeah, really spending the time to warm up the whole area and to get the whole thing like just desperate for like, please, I need more, <laughs> like give me more rather than it's the Sahara Desert and you're just like, all right, let's go on in. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, in my experience, I, it's not always – it hasn't always been my partner that's the one that's like, all right, now let's get busy. It's me that's yeah. rushing myself, mm-hmm. um, which is also, I think, a little bit of an expectation thing of, and this all goes back down to, um, you know, what we consider to be normal and how we should be having sex and what our vulvas should look like. But like we should be getting busy now. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, not taking the time because I just didn't think that I could or should. Taking the time um – Taking the time, a.k.a. I'm going to relate that back to like tantric sort of massage, any sort of prolonging this experience is I don't know how many people can relate to my sort of story, but I feel like I went through a lot of five to seven minute sex where it was just Mm -hmm. like quickly pop in, pop out. I relate to I'm mainly attracted to men. And it was just like all of my sexual partners is just like quickly be in, be out so that we can not even be out, but it wouldn't either last long. I would feel like it was in a certain amount of pain. Like I mentally couldn't quite focus on what was going on right now. And it was only about my vagina in that, at that point of time. Mm. And what I love about um, the first sexy love project that I went to with Caitlin was a while ago now and making it a full body experience is that when we think of sex, we just think of it in our pelvic region and quite frankly, it's not, is looking at the hormones, looking at like the glorious things that oxytocin can do, which is a hormone that is produced in the body and helps with childbirth. It like skyrockets, you know, with orgasm, et cetera, is that. It's, a, it's the love drug, right? The love drug, that you oxytocin. Naturally produce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And looking at that, you know, when am I ready? When am I not? That's a, that's a physiological thing. And then psychologically indicating that you're ready is something that needs to be incorporated into everybody's lovemaking, sexing, whatever you want to call it, because nobody enjoys themselves when they either can sense that the, that the partner's not ready or you know that you're not ready. Is that when people often ask what is good sex and everybody's definition is going to be different. But for this project and all that I want to do is I've decided – Sex is the best sex is making somebody feel amazing and you feeling amazing. And that will differ for everybody. Mm. Physiologically is that I would argue you would want to be lubricated. You would want to be erect. You would want to be ready. And that's where the science meets Tantra, which is this beautiful combination of disciplines. Mm. I really like that definition, actually. Because it's so really? broad as well. It's um, Sex is so broad. It's not what saying you need to put this thing there and then you need to rub that and mm-hmm. then make me make the sound. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, what feels really good. Mm-hmm. And actually um, answering my own question as well. <laughs> um, like what, what can you do if you feel uncomfortable or just not very confident with the way that your vulva looks or your, your genitals look in general? Um I, I did a workshop last night, um, a touch meditation. And for me, I can I can include a couple of meditations actually in um, the show notes to support feeling more confident about um, your vulva. But one of the things that I really love about the touch meditation is 
you experience your body for how it feels, not for how it looks. So the touch meditation is very simple and it's really just, well, there's a few, there's a few um, approaches to it, but it's really just feeling with your hands. Like what do your hands actually feel right now? What do you, what are the sensations? And you slow down quite a lot. And by slowing down, it helps your brain really absorb the information that it's touching and um, or bringing in that information. And so what, what ends up happening is that you discover that even just touching your knuckle is actually incredibly nice. Mm-hmm. And that, um, you know, the inner part of your finger is actually incredibly nice. And extending that to the vulva is um, rather than really thinking about how it looks at this stage, actually just really feeling it. Like what does it feel like? Um, and like, what does it feel like in my hands and what does my vulva feel like when I'm touching it? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like, I, and I, I think that that's been really big and I'm sure you can comment on this as well and body image issues is rather than thinking about obsessing about how my body looks and what my vulva looks like, but how does my body feel mm-hmm. and how does it, how does it feel when I'm touching it and it's being touched and then how does it feel to touch it? Mm-hmm. Because it's like amazing and actually I could be way bigger than I am right now and I could, my vulva could look in like a million different ways and it could probably still feel amazing. Absolutely. And lutely. (laughs) 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 Is that I found Uh, um, in uh, in this research and then in a lot of just my general chit-chat that I've had about this vulva project, looking at um, thinking about masturbation, thinking about sex, about the linguistic, about what constitutes foreplay, what constitutes actual sex and being brought up in the very loving environment but very um, – sex wasn't wasn't taboo but it just wasn't really spoken about and so I personally decided – In your upbringing? In my upbringing, right. yep. Very loving but just didn't really speak about sex. Obviously mm. missed the condoms on bananas. And, um, <laughs> the, yeah, right. And so therefore I decided, right, well, something's going on. I'm going to need to educate myself about this if nobody's going to teach me. I could never ask a friend – I was, what, like year nine – being like it would be truly horrifying to be like what exactly does that feel like what is a bj is that the same thing as a blowjob is that sex um Mm. trying to get my head around all of the topics all of the language that we use and um so I educated myself in a way that I didn't feel like I was going to be embarrassed and that was why the internet it takes you three or four clicks and you arrive at a porn site Mm. and um So I did a lot of my sexual education via pornography and you look at the mainstream porn and I, from the start, want to mention that there is some phenomenal pornography out there, is that it's very empowering, it's very neutral, it's very, you know, it's very confident, it's very confident building for both genders, for all participants. Yeah, so it's not all bad. No, and then in saying so, there's some fucking debasing stuff out there Mm. and it is what I find is so excruciatingly painful is that that's the mainstream porn that you happen to come across. And I could rant and rave about terrible porn forever, but I'm not. Um, just going to mention that whenever I used to look at, you know, heterosexual, homosexual couples, particularly involving females, 
whenever I used to look at pornography like that is that it was always this like furious clitoral um, totally. clitoral stimulation. It was yeah. just like this, you know, like sort of alarm bell going off, like and this yeah. poor woman's clitoris is like <laughs> big. Yeah, yeah, right. And um, so I just used to think, right, well, that's obviously got to be it. And, you know, what is good sex? It's the way that you feel and you the way that you make somebody else feel and the way that you feel. And I remember when people, you know, when my partner, when prior partners try and stimulate my clitoris that furiously, it does nothing for mm. me and it just makes me feel super stressed yeah I, it is my stressful. whole body shuts down and yeah. all of a sudden I'm not juicy and lubricated anymore like all the blood is like fucking fleeing from my pelvic mm. area and it's like and it's alarm bell get out of here it is an alarm <laughs> bell bail from the pelvis yeah and um so I've just decided that a lot of our sexual education comes from pornography and a lot of our female genital self-image comes from pornography and well, she's a superstar. This is her job. That's obviously what it's supposed to look like. Mm. And I'd never, I'd never really come to the concept. I've never really seen, and I feel like I've seen a fair share of pornography of my sexual education sort of DIY. I'd never even seen anybody touch any aspect apart from the clitoris pretty furiously. And as soon as I realized that there was four other elements in my vulva, mm. as soon as I was able to speak about that with my beautiful partner, is that all of a sudden our foreplay went for so long is that, you know, conscious massage and a whole vulva massage is that, you know, sometimes you are just way too keen to get into it. And, you know, as a female is that you need to invite somebody, something into your, into your body. It's not, and it can be very invasive is that if you're not ready, if you're not lubricated and it can be quite jarring and quite scarring for people that don't feel that they're ready to be entered and sometimes, you know, don't get me wrong, is that like fast and furious sex is a great thing and you're just like, don't even want any foreplay, let's just get straight to it. But when you come back to these tantra, you know, tantra sort of methods and tantra theories of explore my whole body, you know, what do my shoulder blades, what do the backs of my knees and down to my ankles feel like, getting all of that blood circulating around the body is, you know, Human creation, human bodies is a phenomenal thing. And mm. the blood knows where to go is that rather give your partner, give yourself more time and more exploration than less. And I'm not a sex therapist. I hope to one day be maybe. But um, just getting that thought going of slow down, saying, you know, we spent 40 minutes even just massaging each other as I just know what, you know, their pelvic girdle, what their pelvis sort of feels like with my whole hand I reckon it'll work wonders totally yeah um and I mean so I, I can kind of feel like oh but I don't have 40 minutes like what so I can only ever have like if if, if we do 40 minutes and that's like 20 minutes and then I want to go want to go to sleep because it's really late and like but I think one of the things that happens when you even just having that mindset of we're not just going to dive straight in and actually check in and like feel, how does my body feel right now? Does it feel, what does it want next? And letting it drive rather than your mind drive the whole situation. And I mean, yeah, I totally am on board with 40 minutes just to like explore and then see what happens. But I think even just having the mindset and just mm -hmm. having that awareness and feeling what the body wants and feeling what the heart wants and feeling what the mind wants and 
letting all of those volume levels on each of those be at the the right level rather than I don't know for me a lot of it has a lot of my you know sexual experiences before exploring tantra with just my mind my mind was driving completely and it didn't listen to what my body wanted it didn't oh my heart definitely um but yeah my my body was just never never had a voice and everybody's exact I love the way that you put it as dials and we can all visualize it is that everybody's dials will be different of you know somebody will be totally against straight into vaginal penetration or clitoral stimulation whatever you want to call it if you haven't warmed up my breasts you know if I haven't felt your skin on my skin then you dive straight in some you know one woman would find that incredibly invasive one man would really dislike that whereas another woman would be like great that's you know I just want them and they just want me right now immediately and that immediacy Mm. would be the most important thing of their interaction and I just come back to that it's how you make somebody else feel and how you feel and this is why defining what a vulva and what a vagina is is being like holy shit I thought that my clitoris was the best but actually my labia nor like my labia menora is like super super juicy super fluffy and I'm getting so much from that as well is Mm. that there is so much going on down there and I saw a girlfriend before this that's um done our anatomy we did our anatomy degree together and I was talking to her about like all the pelvic nerves and all that jazz and she was like oh you're talking about a complex part of the body like the nerves going everywhere it is like not a simple thing And therefore we don't need to think of it as a simple thing and we just need to explore exactly what our vulvas and what makes us and our vulvas feel the best is that that exploration, you can then play with those dials but make sure that you can investigate them and not be, not not forced but not be pushed into, oh, you know, like it's late, God, it's past three, like let's just get it done, is that take the time to explore. Totally, because it's about pleasure. It's about enjoying yourself. So, yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm taking my own your advice, my own advice right now as well. But yeah, like you're setting yourself up for pleasure. So, yeah, let's do that. Absolutely. Oh, Daisy, thank you so much. I learnt heaps. Oh, no problems. I love talking about vulvas. We could talk about this all the time. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, you're going overseas. Mm -hmm. um, But when you're next in town, I'm in a NABU and we can do part two. Absolutely. Speak then, beautiful woman. All right. And um, yeah, we'll include all those details, um, links to things, videos, vulva knitting circle, labia, library all of it in the show notes and if you have any questions you can get in touch with us um you can um also see a few different meditations and i talk actually about um the uh nerve the nerve network um of the vulva and how incredibly delicious it is to stimulate the whole vulva in one of my posts on sex favorite sex practices or favorite sex some things Mm -hmm. um so i'll include that too both sides of your labia please yes absolutely Mm -hmm. that was it was actually quite new discovering that as well i was just like what oh my god two nerves what yeah amazing anyway so thanks for listening um and if if you have any questions you can get in touch with us um my email is caitlin at sexyloveproject.com and I can forward any emails you have for, for Daisy. Um, you can also get me at, at sexyloveproject on Twitter. Um, yeah, thank you so much. We'll see you next time.